0: Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free.
1: G'day, mates. It's B Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71 features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. So my family and I would spend the summer at our college by the lake in Quebec, Canada, My stay-at-home mum lived with us there, while dad worked in town visiting during the weekends. I had four brothers and a sister, and I was the youngest of the family. And back in those days, I was an 11-year-old skinny kid, prone to be teased a lot about my size, which made me really self-conscious. We were also practicing Christians, and things like nudity were considered a sin. I was therefore prude, and would not even be seen in my swimming trunks outside my own family. One summer evening at the cottage, I went to bed in my jimmies with about half a ton of bed sheets on. While summer was still in force, the nights were sometimes chilly and my mum insisted that we sleep with the window open. Built in the early 1900s, the cabin was in fact two cottages that my dad had sort of reunited to make one larger place for the family. My parents had their room in the larger squarish part, while us boys shared the older part that was basically a rectangle reminiscing of a mobile home. My older sister had a separate room as well. The beds were modest, I guess, but comfortable. However, that night, I remember waking up sort of half asleep a few times as well to change position because the mattress seemed really cold and hard for some reason. At one point, I felt the bed had become ridiculously hard, in fact, and woke me up for good. The place was pitch black, but I noticed that I couldn't see the nightlight that was always on. It was then that it suddenly struck me that I wasn't even in my room anymore. From what I could see and feel, I was laying down on my back, totally naked, outside on a big flat rock like I was some sort of offering to a god. I panicked, I was terrified because I was afraid of the dark, had no recollection of why I was out there and it was way too dark to see if anybody else was there watching me. So I froze stiff, completely paralyzed. I couldn't move a muscle, nor utter a word. I wanted to scream, but nothing came out but breath and a low, almost unaudible sound, which got me even more scared. I felt a bug walking on my flat stomach, circling my navel and going down. It was a moth, and I hated bugs because they creeped me out a lot at that time. I imagined that it could get into some orifice, my mouth, my nose, or something. Yet, I couldn't move to send it away. After a bit, my eyes got used to the darkness, and for the first time, I was able to make out where I was. Less than a hundred feet or so from the cottage. I closed my eyes, concentrated in order to calm down, and when I opened them again, I was finally able to move. And the first thing I did was slap that moth to the next town. I quickly got up, scraping my butt on the rock and hurting my left foot on a jagged edge. I proceeded to walk towards the house. The pain in my foot and my overall numbness prevented me from running. Oddly enough too, I could feel the cold dirt and the pebbles under my feet, but I had sort of no feeling of the temperature outside at all. It should have been really chilly as I'd been out there naked for a while and there was a light breeze, but I didn't feel it. Maybe the adrenaline was just pumping through my body or something. I don't know, but I reached the door and tried opening it, but it was locked. My mum always locked the door at night when my dad was away, and these turn of the century wood doors had deadlocks engaged from the inside, which means that I had to go around, but the back door was also locked in the same fashion. Fortunately, the guillotine window was open and it was about two feet up the deck. And Was this where I came out from? I didn't know, but I knew for sure that I would get back in that way, and without noise, I entered the room and carefully slipped back into my bed and buried my head under the pillow. I remember praying that nothing had followed me through that night, and I listened to the silence and eventually slowly faded to sleep. The next morning, as I was coming to, I immediately felt my nakedness under the sheets, and I also felt an itch. I had scratch marks on my butt cheek from the rock, so I thought it wasn't just a bad dream after all. I woke up later than my brothers and sister, and it was a good thing because they hadn't noticed that I was naked in bed, or I would never have heard the end of it. They would have teased me to oblivion, if I'm being honest, but... I looked around, even under the bed, but... I couldn't find my jimmies anywhere. So I got into my jeans and grabbed a t-shirt to join them for breakfast. I didn't know what to make of what I'd just been through. I couldn't tell my siblings because I felt that they would have not believed me anyway. Besides, being raised a Christian, I felt like admitting that I was fully naked outside was somehow a sin that I should be ashamed of. Later that morning though, my older brother was playing outside We all heard his voice as he called my mum to come in and check something, and we ran to see what it was about, and he pointed high up. As I looked, I immediately recognized my pyjamas, hooked to the highest branches of an old 70 feet tall tree. One part was dangling over our head, the other was stuck in branches facing the lake. Everyone looked back at me, asking what the heck, but I didn't have a clue. My mum asked around, but everybody denied having anything to do with it. And to this day, I'm still at a total loss to explain what the heck happened that night. So, it was a humid night in July when me and my three buddies were camping in a small quiet spot by a river. That night, alcohol and weed were flowing. It was around 12am, maybe 1am, when we were all just sort of cracking jokes and having a good time sitting around the fire, when one of my friends went quiet and had a weird look on his face. So I asked him what was up, thinking that he's not feeling alright or just needs to lay down, but he responded saying that he feels like somebody is watching us. So I told him that everything was going to be okay and just to relax and if he wants he can sleep in the truck well later that night we all went into our tents and i instantly passed out but i was woken up by my friend that i was sharing the tent with he was sitting up with his pocket knife out and open so i asked him what was going on and he replied with just listen which i did and heard leaves crunching and branches breaking and listening for a bit longer It sounded like someone with boots was walking around outside. I got concerned because none of my friends brought or were wearing any boots, but after laying there for a while, the footsteps stopped right next to the tent and we saw a figure standing there. As we sat there trying to figure out what we should do, our best idea was to jump out of the tent and ambush the person. It sounded like a good idea at the time. So me and my buddy jumped out of the tent and were faced with a 6'5", 280-pound man, I would guess, with an unkempt beard and hair. And after standing in front of the man for a second, my friend just took off, running towards the truck. And me, trying to follow, I crashed into the tent where my other two friends were sleeping. As I was laying on the ground in fear, I saw that the man was actually holding a machete, so I yelled, Get the gun! We didn't actually have a gun, it was just a bluff. But well... My bluff worked and the man dropped his machete and took off into the woods. We didn't hesitate and we instantly picked up and got to the truck. And after going back to the house to calm down and get some more sleep. The next morning we all went back to the spot fully armed ready for anything. Once we got to the spot we found the machete and after following the tracks for a bit. We also found a small axe. And after seeing all of that... We all agreed to never go back to that spot or talk about what happened.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
1: So this takes place in the late 90s when my mom decided that she was tired of living in the big city and she bought a house in the countryside. She'd always been a bit of a loner and was desperate for some peace and quiet, so she found a house in a very small village that was in really bad condition and decided to handle all the renovations by herself. She quickly realized that it was too much and started asking around the village if somebody could help her out. Quite quickly, she met Daniel and he offered to do most of the manual labor for a very cheap price. Daniel was a a very simple man. He never went outside the village and wasn't educated at all. He could barely read, but my mum was a teacher and she saw something in him. And despite the lack of education and knowledge, she knew almost right away that this man was extremely intelligent. He just had no idea. She started giving him books, helped him perfect his reading and writing skills. He was an extremely fast learner and in a few months... He was a a different man completely. He came over every day to talk to her, read, and sometimes work on the house. He also helped her through her pregnancy and helped out when I was a baby. I truly wish, too, that the story would end here, but it doesn't. The way he talked and his opinions and thoughts about the world had changed, and it made him very different from everyone else in the village, including his own family. People who were teasing him about it at first started to really resent him. They were mean and stopped talking or interacting with him in any way because they thought he had become presumptuous and arrogant. My mum was the only one who still talked to him so he started to resent her for changing him and started to drink a lot to dull his brain. He got drunk every day and hoping he would get back to where he was and would be accepted by everyone again but... Of course, that's not how it works. Now, when I turned four, my mum told him that we were going back to the city so I could attend a good school, and we'd probably be back only once in a while. And at that, he completely snapped. Not only did she give him a poisonous gift that was ruining his life, she was leaving him all alone with absolutely no one else to talk to. That day, he left screaming and... A few hours later, his car crashed into our garden. I remember my mum being very calm and telling me to go hide under her bed upstairs. I rushed upstairs and looked through the window and I saw him coming out of his car with difficulty. He was mildly hurt by the crash but mostly super drunk and angry. My mum was walking towards him when he began swinging out with a huge axe and she came running inside. She locked the door immediately and called the police and he started yelling that he was going to kill us and destroyed our car with his axe. And when he was done, he started destroying the door as well. He came in, climbed up the stairs and used the axe to destroy the bedroom door. Thankfully, the police arrived just before he managed to get through and they arrested him. And unfortunately, he died a few days later. I think it was because of liver failure or something like that. I honestly don't know if he would have actually followed through with his threats and I don't know if he loved my mom or if it was just really because he was upset. That's all a, a big mystery. I am still very scared every time I think about it though and axes still terrify me. But anyway, I hope you enjoyed this crazy little story and thanks for listening. This happened maybe about two years ago now while riding quads with my boyfriend. It wasn't too late at night, maybe around 10pm I would guess. We were camping out at our campground where we have a small trailer surrounded by other camps. In the summer it's full of kids running around and adults on golf carts and stuff. But it was late December and we're one of the few people who go up in the winter since it gets pretty cold here and they shut the water off the woods are a decent bit away from the actual campground it gets pretty quiet out there and something about the snow just makes everything quieter as well i guess i've always felt slightly uncomfortable in the woods at night my boyfriend told me that i was just a paranoid person and i chalked it up to me reading too much creepypastas as a kid i always felt somewhat safer since we were on a quad and we can go pretty fast if needed so there we were In the middle of the night, enjoying a cold ride, drifting in the snow, when all of a sudden we come to a stop. That's when I just got this really eerie feeling and I ask him why he stopped and it was something along the lines of with his gloves or something the quad came off and he turned the quad off and bent over messing with something. I start looking behind and around me because I'm just someone who's super aware of their surroundings. I look to my left and I see a brown skinny tree that always freaks me out because I mistake it as something else. But Then I look to the right of the scary tree and I see something even taller and pale looking. I immediately avert my attention from it being totally freaked out. I find the courage to look back and this time it seems closer. This time I didn't have my glasses on and I was just saying it's another tree that looks like a person and I'm fine. But before I can say anything to my boyfriend, he had finished whatever he was doing and we took off. I buried my face into the back of his jacket, too afraid to see anything else and... Still having that feeling of being watched over me, I asked if we can go back to the camp. He agreed since it was so cold. I decided not to say anything to him since... He'd want to go back and investigate or straight up not believe me and write me off as paranoid again. And I did not want to go back there at all. I figured the following day we would go back into the woods during the daytime and I would see that there was another tree there that I never noticed before. But when we went back through and there was nothing next to the brown tree, that was when my stomach dropped. That's also when I told him I saw something last night. He told me that I should have told him, which he was right. I probably should have said something, but I was just too scared and just kept it to myself. We still go up there occasionally, not as much due to our jobs now, but thankfully I've never experienced anything else after that. What comes to mind when you picture the perfect roommate... One who comes when you call, one who doesn't forget to lock the doors, one who doesn't steal your milk just a little bit at a time, hoping you won't notice. At Apartments.com, they understand that. When it comes to roommates, a pet can be your best bet. They're easygoing, eat what you serve them, and never clog the toilet. That's why they have the most pet-friendly rental listings on the internet. And with instant alerts, you'll know the moment your perfect pet-friendly place becomes available. So when you need a place that's pet-friendly and human-tolerant, check out Apartments.com, the place to find your pet-friendly place.
0: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today, Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price Priceline.
1: So, I'm going to start with the creepy but the natural. I've been a hunter since I was probably 13, maybe earlier. I don't really remember, but being out in the woods since I was very young means that I get to see or hear things that I normally wouldn't while living in the cities. I've had a few different instances where I've been very creeped out in the woods, and so I'd like to cover a few of them. And the last story is the one that you guys will probably like to hear. So in my state, you've got a handful of primary predators out in the woods. We've got bears, wolves, cougars, but I'll start with a funny one that will butter you up a bit. The guy who owns the land that we hunt on, he decided that it was going to be a good idea to store some of his equipment on his land. One of which was a styrofoam float. One year we go out there to go and check on that stuff. To go pick it up and that big piece of styrofoam had met its demise to a black bear. And you can tell that the bear had a heck of a lot of fun tearing up that styrofoam. Because there are just clouds of it everywhere. And it had been throwing pieces of styrofoam all around. Like a bomb went off. I hope that the bear was okay but... He didn't eat any of it I don't think and we did manage to get it cleaned up eventually. On another occasion I was actually stalked by a cougar a few years back. When we had a deer opener I like walking the road occasionally and one of the first things that I noticed that year which I wish I would have taken a picture of was a set of tracks, really big cat tracks. This cat was obviously stalking other animals in the area but me being me I decided that I shouldn't be scared of it. That, it would probably be more scared of me, but sure enough, I I must have jinxed myself. I attempted to do a deer push by going through some of the really thick brush to try and scare up a, a deer or two and get it to move towards the other hunters in my party. I'm moving through the woods, and I can hear something moving behind me, and every time I would stop, that noise would stop too, Eventually, I got so unnerved, especially with the forest getting quiet, that I decided that if I'm going to get attacked by something, that I'd rather be facing it. So, I turned around and I walked straight back the way that I came with my rifle raised. When I began retreating back to where I'd come from, directly towards whatever it was making the following noises, I saw a tanned flash of fur and a long tail pretty low to the ground turn around and run away from me. The next day, as I was doing a walk up the main road with my rifle, I was close to the tree line on the side of the road when I heard a deep growl immediately to my right. I turned with my rifle up to see the face of a cougar at my stomach level because it was raised up on and out of the brush. I calmly backed away and walked back up the road that I'd come from and apologized for disturbing her. Now though, for the wolves… A few years back, my dad shot a deer and we gutted it. If anyone here is familiar with the field dressing of an animal, then you typically leave the gut pile just out of the woods. This was like the year that we found out that there was a wolf pack that moved up on the property. So my dad leaves a gut pile a couple of hundred yards from the stand. The day after, I was sitting in my dad's stand while he was doing a big loop on the property to try and scare deer towards me. As he was getting close to me, which I didn't know at that time, I was sitting in the stand and I heard a wolf kind of yelp or howl from the gut pile. I texted my dad and told him that he better hurry up and get back because there was a wolf pack somewhere between us. And sure enough, by the time that he'd made it back to me, he told me that he'd also heard the same thing and it was within probably 100 yards of him. This year, just in November, I actually took pictures of some old tracks on one of the trails next to my size 13 boot. The tracks are huge and I know there's one set of four that were walking together. The picture that I took are the biggest tracks though and I'd have to ask them if that wolf is probably like 200 pounds or more. Anyway, now for the one that sticks with me. So Somewhere around 2006 or 2007, I was a late teen. I was at my grandparents' cabin with them and my cousin. This was the summer in northwestern Wisconsin, Danbury to be specific, and the incident happened midday when the sun was high in the sky and it was pretty warm out. So my cousin and I decided that we would play some airsoft and I was wearing some camouflage and decided that I would have a better chance of not being seen and being able to ambush him by going into the woods, which was about an acre attached to where the cabins were. Well, what I mean is that it's miles of woods, but the acre is what my grandparents owned. We usually just stayed on the land that they owned, and it had sort of cut trails into it, a big circle with one entrance. It sort of split into a Y and loops back around. And this is what we used as a a short ATV trail. As we were battling with the airsoft guns, we continued all the way up into the trail about halfway. We were both sort of winded and at the top of the hill next to a clearing in the woods when I decided to mess with my cousin and shush him and tell him that we were being watched. Now mind you, I intended this as a joke, but when we both got quiet, I realized the woods were dead quiet, like you could hear a pin drop quiet. Really, I could only hear my own breathing and immediately felt like we were actually being watched. So I sort of looked in the direction of where I felt this was coming from, and I scanned the edge of the clearing, which on the other side of the clearing, there's another hill that goes down to a watering hole or a pond. So we would often see animals at the edge of that clearing. They usually would just run off like deer and whatnot. But anyway, I scanned from the left to the right and then back and halfway on the right to the left visual scan, I saw white and I sort of focused on it. And that's when it came into focus. The white that I saw were actually teeth. Teeth in the mouth of what looked like a, a wolf panting. Except this wolf was extremely tall for a wolf. Like to my stomach or my chest and I'm 6'4". As I was taking in these details I began to realize that this thing was staring at us maybe even more at my cousin to my left and i also realized that this wolf was not on all fours but crouching on its back legs leaning against a tree with its arms wrapped around the tree yeah that's right i said arm this thing had like arms with hands just like us except it had long nails or claws as its fingertips In the short time that I looked, I I tried to absorb as much information as I could and I said to my cousin, we have to go. My cousin took off like a, a bat out of hell. Being a baseball player, he was faster than me and he ran and I looked back at the creature and it just locked on with laser focus onto my cousin and stood all the way up and began to run towards us, which is exactly the point when I turned and ran also. What I remember from when it stood up was that it was significantly taller than I was. When completely upright, it was huge and when I ran, I could hear it crashing through the woods behind me. When I reached the Y in the trail, my cousin was standing there waiting for me and I told him to just go and we ran into the parking area by the shed and stopped and talked about it because it sounded like it had stopped chasing us at some point we both agreed to not tell our grandparents what we saw but we both agreed that essentially it looked like a werewolf we also thought that it was probably not a good idea to go back and we agreed that we would refer to it as a bear from now on unfortunately my cousin never actually got a really good look at it other than a bit of a flash of reddish brown fur but then again Maybe he's the lucky one because I still think about it from time to time, especially when I'm out enjoying the great outdoors. Also, even afterward, I always just had a bad feeling there, especially at night, by the campfire. I just always felt like there was something at the top of the hill in the tree line watching us. One of the things that is good to remember too when you're out in the woods is that if the woods do go quiet, like eerily quiet... This sometimes means that there's likely a big predator in the area, and if you get a gut feeling, then you should follow it. Gut feelings are instincts, and we have them for a reason, and my instincts told me that I had to react immediately because if I had frozen, I think I wouldn't be here. So i recently started a security guard job for the graveyard shift the building has 12 floors roof access and two parking garages for reference no one but me and my partner are supposed to be in the building overnight also you need a key card to use the elevator or get in the doors to the stairwell anyway the first night one of the motion activated toilets went off when no one was near it We had to do a bathroom patrol. It happened right when we opened the door on a vacant floor. A week ago, I was doing a patrol from the 12th floor mechanical room, and as I left the room into the stairwell, the rooftop door was being rattled and slightly banged on. I ran up there, but when I got there, there was nothing. I assumed that it must have been a bird or something. I started my way down, and... Then the 11th floor door started jiggling. I jogged my way down because it's my job and I had to go there anyway. I swiped my key and again, there's no one. It was quiet after that besides the toilets and the walkie-talkies going off when we were touching it. Last night I was doing bathroom patrol at 4am, listening to my music in one ear and I get to the 11th floor to start and I hear footsteps behind me. I pulled out the headphones while turning around, getting ready to tell them to get out and that they weren't allowed in here. But when I did, yet again there's no one. But right as those footsteps stopped, there were heavy footsteps on the floor above me, but then they stopped right above me when I figured out where they were coming from. After I got out of that floor and into the stairwell and shut the door, I heard it sound like it was trying to open, but it wasn't moving there isn't any wind inside the building and nothing showed up on the security cameras. I have no idea what's going on in this place, but I might actually try to record tonight what's going on. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to do that or not though, but I'll try and ask and see if I can post it here. Anyway, have you guys got any idea what I might be experiencing here? It's terrifying to say the least and... I would really like some answers.
0: This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry. Also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild.
1: When I was eight or nine, I saw something really weird on Christmas Eve. This was many, many years ago now, but I still remember it like it was yesterday. At the time, I still believed in Santa Claus and... As a good amount of children do, I had the usual anxiety and excitement for Santa to leave Christmas presents by the tree. After I went to bed, I had some trouble going to sleep with holiday nerves and such. I had finally drifted off at some point when I woke up to the sound of soft footsteps somewhere in my room. I automatically assumed that it was Santa Claus and I was scared to see him for fear that he might leave or his magic will fail. I opened up one eye just barely and... When I did, I saw this black figure standing over my bed, staring at me. It was tall, probably around 6 feet, and it was completely black. It looked almost blacker than black in a way, if that makes sense, and... I couldn't see any eyes, mouth, or nose on it, but... I could clearly see the outline of a head, arms, body, and legs. It looked like a bigger person, so... Thinking that it was Santa just made sense to me at that time. It stayed in one spot for maybe 10-15 seconds until it took a few steps closer. It sort of leaned a little more and still a few feet away from me and then stayed there for 10-15 to seconds more. Even though I couldn't see a face though, I knew that it was looking right at me. It's just that weird feeling you get when you know that you're being watched or looked at. I closed my eyes again and waited for a few minutes, and when I looked back, it was gone. I lived in a pretty old house at that time, so the doors and the floorboards were squeaky and loud. I heard the footsteps, but I never heard the door open, which was really weird. I never did see this figure again, though I've had some other spooky experiences in this house. I asked my mum though if she heard Santa when he came into my room last night, and she sort of looked confused for a second, then she played along and just assumed that I was lying. I know this wasn't a person and I know that it wasn't a dream, I also know that spirits or entities are often attracted to lots of excitement or energy so Christmas might be a perfect time for a ghost to pass through. I don't know, but it's definitely a memory that will stick with me for as long as I live. So let me say first and foremost that I'm a man of logic and explanation. I've never believed in ghosts or other cryptic beings really in all my life, but something happened to me the other night that really made me feel weird so i live somewhere in between country and town here in florida and see an abundance of wildlife foxes coyotes raccoons all very normal to see since there being a large fox population around here too and most people having chickens and whatnot everyone has large dogs including me i have a 70 pound boy and a 60 pound girl pitbull <laughs> they're pretty much fearless too they know this is their property and they protect it as such Alerting me if they hear something, and if they do, I open the door and they run out to chase off whatever it is. Now, the other night, I woke up randomly and it was disturbingly quiet outside, like not even a single cricket. And my dogs were not by my bed like they usually are. And all of a sudden, a, a howl like I'd never heard went off like a siren that sent a chill down my spine. Like a deep yell almost, but definitely from an animal. I turned the lights on in my house to see my pit bulls at the back of their dog crate shaking. I've never seen a look on my dog's face like that before, purely terrified. So I turned all the lights back off, grabbed a flashlight, and looked out my back window. And what I saw, about 200 yards off a tree line near the back of my property, was... What I can only describe as a dog thing. I vaguely saw it, but it was very similar to a hyena build with a large amount of fur on its neck, like a mane almost, and skinny back legs. Its head looked very wolf-like with erect ears and a large skull. And it was absolutely massive. It was so black that it was hard to make out distinct characteristics, but its presence scared basically any living thing that was around it. It seemed, anyway, that night. The next morning, I went to the spot that I saw the animal, but saw no tracks or hair or anything. But I know what I saw, and I've never seen anything like that before. Has anyone in Florida seen anything like this? We've been having a lot of dead dogs in the area. Dogs that are large and are being killed by something. Other people think it's the coyotes or a feral dog, but I... I have to wonder if it's the thing that I saw. Just seeing my dog so terrified too, that really scares me. So, I just want to go ahead and apologize up front that this has a lot of build up. Lots of things led up to what I saw last night, but I feel the need to explain it. So first, I need to give a little bit of context. I'm a painting major at a very old college. It was even a confederate hospital in the Civil War. Every building has its own ghost story and lore. Other students seem to have fun spooky bonfire ghost stories, but no, not the art building. We just have some genuinely scary stuff, I guess. We've dealt with things flying off the shelf, voices, whistling, knocking, footsteps, phantom elevator riders... But last night was my most intense experience by far. The building is open 24-7 and my painting final is due today so obviously I was up there late last night. The painting final was the last on the roster for the building so most people had cleared out, drove home, semester over. So I was up there alone for quite a while. I was painting silently when I heard two very distinct loud knocks there's two problems with this one nobody came in and two i heard it directly in front of me not behind me meaning that it came from the window and not the door but i'm on the third floor i just kind of froze and waited to see if i could hear any kind of footsteps or sign of human life or something but it was silent i went back to the painting and then about five or ten minutes later the door opened behind me and my friend came in behind me and we both jumped pretty hard which isn't like him he apologized for his squirreliness and worked on his painting silently he's not a squirrely or quiet guy he is normally a, a loud flamboyant raunchy character 24 7 too who famously does not really get scared by much I mean, every time the air conditioner would rattle or the wall would creak, we would both snap our heads up and confirm, was that the AC, and yeah. Something about the energy was just so anxiety-inducing that night. I fixed myself a cup of tea to calm my nerves, but the anxiety just formed a migraine. Another five minutes later, my boyfriend came in. He also looked a little worse for wear. He turned to my friend Jamie and said, Who were you talking to in the illustration room? Jamie tried to correct him. I wasn't talking to anyone. I thought that I heard someone in there, but I was wrong. We all perked up a little bit as Justin said, but I saw you in there talking to a man. You two were by the window. Jamie said, I heard someone talking in there, but when I looked in there, it was empty. I was standing by the window to see if the sound was from the sidewalk, was traveling in or something, but there was no one outside or in the room. We sort of sat in silence for a minute. I'm the only one in the group who believes in the supernatural. They don't. They vehemently hate ghost believers. I don't think anyone wanted to admit what they were thinking, but after a moment, Justin said, and someone was knocking on the printmaking door earlier too. I hadn't told him about the knocking. I didn't even want to talk about it at that point, to be honest, but me and Justin were supposed to hang out that night. He left early due to a migraine we both had migraines from the stress i think i stayed up there though with jamie for another half an hour still anxiety ridden the whole time absolutely shaking in my boots i just couldn't get myself to calm down i decided to go for a walk just to get myself out of the room for a bit but that was a really bad idea so as i was walking down the hall i suddenly felt an intense crushing instinctual fear the i'm in the woods and a cougar is after me fear I couldn't see or hear anything, in fact it was just so silent I could hear a pin drop, but I felt like I was being hunted. It's hard to explain, but I went from a little stress to I'm about to die in like half a second. It was horrific and I stood there for so long just sweating it out. I felt a little smidge of bravery eventually and stomped my feet. I don't know why, I just wanted to give it a hey to heck with you sort of thing to bring my courage up. I'm a strange person, I know that, but that will become absolutely obvious when you hear this next bit. So I started speed walking to the drawing room, and in the drawing room we have a real human child skeleton named Derek, and sometimes I go in there to talk to Derek. I know, it's weird. I'm not a perfect person, I know that, but let me talk to my toddler skeleton in peace, okay? Anyway... I got in there and turned on one of the spotlights, which is just enough light for me to get around, and headed back to Derek. I vented my grievances to him, and after a pause, I said, I'm sorry, and was cut off by a loud bang behind me. I did not stay to see what it was, did not turn around, and honestly, it sounded like one of those spotlights jamming into the concrete floors. I ran out of there as soon as I got my body past the threshold of the door, and I poked my upper body back in to slam the light switch back off. And that was when I saw it. Illuminated by just the edge of the spotlight was a figure, just a little too tall, about 7 to 8 feet. He was in the corner that would have been behind me while I was sitting down, and as the light turned off, I could still see his faint outline. It was like what many people describe as a shadow man, but man, he was looking at me and I was terrified. I sprinted back to the painting room, grabbed my keys, and got the heck out of there. I left my jacket, my backpack, my MacBook. I mean, who cares, right? I just wanted out at that point, and it's been so long since I felt fear like that. I haven't told anyone what happened. I really don't want to. I felt sick sharing this in fact. I I want to get this exam over and done with and then just not ever think about that building until well, January when I have to go back. When I first bought my home last year, there was a family of around 13 people living in it, six of which were adults, three small bedrooms and one sketchy annex in the garage. A year later, and the neighbourhood is still telling me stories about how awful these people were as neighbours. The annex room was initially shoddy framing and drywall work, presumably installed by that family. The walls were painted a weird sort of green colour. And the rug was a a wrinkly stained mess. It became apparent that someone had been peeing in all four corners of the room too. I figured it might just be pets but there was a mirror that had please help me written on it in makeup. And the room was actually locked from the outside. The day that we got our keys I got called to respond to the Seattle riots with my National Guard unit and was gone for about a month. During that time, my wife and the in-laws began renovating the home to make it livable. I felt guilty being unable to help, but it was what it was. My wife got together with my mom to convert that scary extra room into a man cave sort of jam room with all of my musical equipment and memorabilia. It came out really nice, but I haven't found much time to use it in the past year. A couple of months ago, I built a gaming PC and decided to set it up in that room, And now that I've been going in there almost daily, things have started to feel a little strange around the house. You see, I get this sensation someone is standing directly behind me once or twice a day in that room. Our TV was set on fire in the living room a few weeks ago. Our water main burst last weekend causing us to dig our yard up over the course of three days. And my garage light keeps turning on and off. I can hear the light switch. It's not an auto one. This morning, I got up out of the shower to find out that my wife already left for work. I'm coming down the hall, and I swear that I hear her clearly say, "'Hey, babe,' from the spare room side of the house. I replied, "'You're still here?' to which I got complete silence. I looked out the front window, and sure enough, her truck was gone. That's when I heard it again, though. "'Babe, come here.' At that, I grabbed my things and I just nope to work. When I was pulling up out of the driveway, I could hear what sounded like a girl screaming from outside followed by a bang. I stopped before backing into the street thinking, was that my phone? I waited for a second before continuing on my way thinking that it might be the school across the street. I got about 50 feet down the road before I heard it again. This time it was faint, but sounded like it was coming from in the car, with me. I paused at the stop sign and rolled down the windows to see if it would happen again, as it had sounded identical to the first one, but nothing. I rolled up my windows and continue on my way to find that it happened several more times, almost like a recording. Same scream, bang, over and over for another mile or so. Anyway... I'm weirded out for the day, and I don't know, I've never really done it before, but I might sage later and bang some pants together or something. I don't know, what do you guys think that I should do? G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one.